Oh yeah, it's a solo rant. It's a solo rant. I didn't. Uh, I didn't sleep that well last night. <sighs> Still went to the gym. Oh, what is that? Is that a new hoodie? You goddamn right it is. It's uh, the Pharaoh, but I superimposed. Mind you, all these designs are from like three years ago. I superimposed like a like a the eye of Horus and like shit it's blue and cuffs are blue insides blue it's just this weird kind of fucking hippie trippy dippy go buy the merch guys it's the best merch it truly is the best like that's something that I don't need to uh, even be realistic about is it's the best merch in the game everyone else has you know, just their logo on a t-shirt from, like, Teespring, which is cool, I mean, whatever, but who the fuck out there actually designs their own merch, and not just, like, I dragged and dropped, I mean, no, who who goes into a spiraling hole of, of Ritalin and sleep deprivation while listening to Tropical EDM remixes for weeks on end as your half-paralyzed, blind, deaf, 17-year-old dog pisses off your dad and your parents won't turn on the air conditioner, so you're just going insane above their garage, playing on an iPad, trying to make it work as a graphic designer, not knowing that it wouldn't actually ever work, despite your positivity. But instead, you pick up a microphone and start yelling at a camera, and a year and a half later, you got an apartment paid for it by it. I don't know. Does anyone else have that? You know, there's like there's conflict diamonds. There's like blood money. This is insanity merch. This, it comes from insanity. It, it it grows from Oscar. Rest his soul. Love him. Never shut up. Just never shut up. Always pissed everyone off. Everyone was so tired all the time, and he just couldn't see. He'd stand up and he'd fall over and he'd shit, and then he'd eat his own shit and he'd throw it up on you, and you wouldn't see it, and you'd step in it, and you oh fuck, and you drag it around the house, and then you gotta go around the house and you're cleaning everything, and <sighs> your button heads with your parents because you're 28, 29, 30, and you don't want to be there anymore, but no one's actually making you stay there. You could walk out at any time, and then the reality sets in that they're doing you a favor by letting you stay there, and you have no room to bitch. You're just being a brat. Most parents would kick you out at 18, and there I was at 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. And then you got to go to the liquor store and your fucking guts hanging over your shirt. So you got to wear two tank tops underneath just to keep it suppressed. And then you realize you're wearing a girdle like a fucking 1920s madam or even a, even a post-presidential LBJ before he grew his hair out and got all depressed. He took off the girdle. You can look that up. When you got a piercing fucking headache working at the liquor store and you keep slicing your fingers on the boxes of Sky Vodka and you keep having to piss, but it feel, it's only when you're out in public that you realize you got a low bladder and everyone's always kind of looking at you. Why are you pissing? Everyone else is seemingly content just living that life, just getting high and getting drunk after, every night after work. And you're wondering, am I, on a, am I just in a rat wheel? Am I, is this some perverted 21st century boring dystopia twist on Sisyphus? When you realize and you catch yourself telling everyone that I got into medical school because as time goes on, you realize that's really the only thing you've ever amounted to is he got into medical school. So you wave it around like a retired, like a 40-year-old drunk still wears his letter jacket at a bar. Did I ever tell you about the fourth quarter Hail Mary I threw? 
And the insanity goes on and on and on. But you keep designing because fuck it, there's nothing else worth doing. You already lost one sibling to suicide, so you can't pull the trigger because that would just really fuck your family. So you keep designing. You turn up the EDM a little louder and you just pretend you're in Hawaii as you're beating on your iPad and it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. So you put an ice pack under it. That might have destroyed the innards. And you keep dropping designs and it's, it's not good enough that they're 4K. You want to make them 6K. You want to make them 8K. You put 50 hours, 60 hours, 70 hours into a perfect design better than anyone else had. And they're, well, I'm not sure if that will work as a Christmas card. But you keep pushing and you keep pushing. And then one day you push through the veil. And someone reaches out to you and says, hey, I would be interested in investing in your podcast. And you're not quite sure what to make of it. But you do your research. You talk with your old man. And it turns out it's legit. Then you quit your job. You're still very nervous. And after a couple months of not having to work at a 9 to 5... It starts to dawn on you that it's real. But the dog's still... Well, no, the dog's dead. You're still button heads with your parents. You still can't turn on the air conditioner. It's still not your place. You're in a weird sort of limbo. And then... You start looking for apartments. You find an apartment. And the money comes in. You sign for the apartment. And you're really nervous moving out. Because you've been at home for five years, and as much as you've been dreaming about getting out, you're still terrified of leaving. Because you came home after calling home in 2016, saying you're suicidal. So you're a little nervous about leaving. You don't move your furniture around the first night because you still feel like you're in your parents' house. But then the days start to go by, and you realize this is your place. You can turn the AC down to 68, turn it down to 65, turn it down to 58, do whatever the fuck you want. You got to foot the bill. All right, you got to keep a budget, open up an Excel sheet, haven't had to do this in a while. All right. You order some sound panels, you tack them up. You realize all those files you did aren't for naught. You open up a Shopify website and you start uploading these files. And you realize that they're much better than anyone else's. But still, like any artist, one, you feel like a douche for calling yourself an artist, but two, the recognition will come when it comes, if it comes. And then it slowly dawns on you that this is your life. you wake up and go to the gym you diet down six pounds two weeks shout out me and you start there's no one there to push you so you push yourself and you start listening to audiobooks on 1.5 six seven speed maybe two speed maybe two and a half if you know the book already take cold showers every day make sure you never miss a meditation turn off the video games at midnight you got to be strict on yourself Got to go to bed. You got to get sleep. Got to get groceries. 
but it starts to dawn on you that this is your life. And it's everything you've ever wanted. And it's finally transmuted. It's like the transubstantiation of bread into the body of Christ. This dream you've had for five years of getting your own place, paying the bills, doing what you like, when you like, how you like, with who you like, is your reality. And that I can sit down in front of a camera with a microphone and just ramble like a psychopath. And that is my job. And it's the realization that I think I'm the luckiest man in the world. I don't believe there's anyone else out there that is happier than I am. I think Post Malone's probably close. But I don't think he's got anything on me. Anyway, so I didn't have a... uh, But yeah, seriously, buy the hoodie, buy the fucking merch, support the cast. God knows these YouTube communists aren't ever going to monetize me. Making about a penny a play off of Spotify. So please keep sharing it on Spotify. Send it to your friends. Buy the hoodies. I guarantee you... That, and that's the weird thing about the hoodies is everyone that's ever bought a hoodie from me says the images on the website and on the podcast don't do it justice. And this is a high resolution camera and they say it's better in real life. This is better in real life. Like MKBHD or Linus Tech Tips, they upload their videos in 8K, but you're only walk it, watching on like 360p on your phone. You can't see the quality of this, of this hoodie. Look closely. You see those little lines? Those are little tiny mini pharaohs woven in the most minuscule level. Can't get that quality. Come on now. It's fucking rad, bro. It's fucking rad, dude. What it do? Just grab a fucking hoodie, man. So, this is a solo rant. Other solo rants, I kind of have a topic on my mind. Last week, we went into Hybex, Sprint APM, uh, uh, Marauder, and Shiva Star. There's one hair sticking out right there. Ow. But I got it. Um, ow, that hurt more than normal. What if that just tugged on a on an artery? Think <laughs> Boom. <laughs> right after my confession that I have reached actualization and I am the happiest man in the world, I just... Induced aneurysm. Boom. Podcast ends as the EMT comes in here like 18 hours later because I haven't been responding to calls. <laughs> but, um... So, I have been... Um, I don't know, what's this solo rant going to be? For everybody new, that hasn't listened to a solo rant, a solo rant is where um, I, it's just me talking, and there are kind of, I'm finding there are like different types of solo rants where I have a topic I want to talk about, Air Force, Space Warfare, Illuminati, video games. But then there are the the, the purest solo rants. There are, the, there are the sticklers for solo rants. Like, n- there truly is no topic. Like, I'm kind of scrambling right now. I'm kind of... It's 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 you kind of you. It's like a freestyle rap. You're just off the top of your head. You can't stop talking because then there's dead air. Granted, you can edit out the dead air, but that's stupid. That's not cool. So, fuck. I mean, 
still scrambling for words. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this. I don't know where we're going with this. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, um, dun, 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 dun. in June, there are going to, so they released the new iMac, uh, the M1 iMacs, like, uh, like a week ago. Those are pretty cool, but, um, I don't know. I don't think that's what I want. I've been using this MacBook since August 2019, and it is, let's open up about this Mac. It is a MacBook Pro 15-inch from 2019. The processor is a 2.6 gigahertz, 6-core Intel Core i7. Memory is a 600 gigabit, 2400 millihertz DDR4. Graphics is an Intel UHD graphics 630 1536 megabit megabyte that's what i got um and it 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 works well like i'm always trying to improve things but i mean this works well it works very well for what i need i screen record and um we're right now is a is a well, one I, one, I have a 4K webcam, but I can only use 1080p, so I think I I think I need to get an iMac if I want to do full 4K, which I do. I, I do want to kind of get into that realm of, of quality control. Um, little things, I'm not sure if I should maybe blot out this side table I have with the hard drives and shit. I don't really mind it. I kind of like having a table right here. I covered it in black. All the card drives are black. It kind of blends in. Get that little spot back there. Wall. Um, I'm going to put the flag back up. I'm just kind of digging the spaceship look right now. We'll move back to the flag whenever we do. Old Gloria's waiting for me. She's faithful. Um, for, I don't think I can up the audio. I mean, I'm sure there's probably like a, I'm sure there's probably like a $5,000 microphone you can get, but I mean, it's got the puff filter. I've got the, I've got the, this thing, uh, focus, right? Scarlet box thingy with a cloud lifter thingy and whatever that does we've got gigabit ethernet i've got all these sound panels i've got twenty five hundred dollars of sound panels and it's hung from the ceiling and all around me i gotta do a little over here i think we've got the audio taken care of what i would like to do is i screen record on zoom obviously but the way it's set up you can't ever get the full because I don't want the Zoom file. The Zoom file itself is it's lower quality. The audio shittier, the video shittier. I like this, but I want to be able to get full screen video because if you look at any of the ones I upload, it's it's like a screen recording of the Zoom thing. So there's this dead area above and below, and it doesn't look too great. And uh, I'm looking at it more and more, and it's starting to stick out like a sore thumb. I want it to be like a clean division of screen, half and half. And the reason I don't do the back and forth is it kind of makes, to me, that's not comfortable watching when you watch a podcast where the screen's changing between people who are talking, like just, you know, back and forth. And I don't like that. I'd like for people to see both people the whole time. Um, I think you got to be able to see facial reactions, expressions, reactions to body language, even to, to people talking, their stories kind of reflecting off of each other through nonverbal communication. I don't know how to do that, though. And I'm not sure how to do that. But I would like to make a move there. Um, obviously, 4K. Uh, gigabit Ethernet's fire. It's it's perfect. It, I can upload it. What used to take... What, honest, what legitimately used to take 9, 12, 14 hours. 
now takes a maximum of like, I think yesterday was a long one and that was like an hour and three minutes to upload. Normally they take a minimum of four hours, average of like eight. And I mean, some of the longer ones that I'll do with Roger, I mean, sometimes those take 19 hours to upload. I haven't had a single episode take more than 90 minutes to upload, so that's awesome. Shout out, internet. Um, I've got 100 terabytes right there. I've got 30 in NORAD. I've got 30 more in the DUCC, the interior of NORAD, which is a whole other rabbit hole. That one's the one with all the EMP shielding. It's got a hundred... No, it's... It's... It's, uh, it's 24... No, because it's minus that one. It's 5 times 4 is 20. And there's 22, 22, 30, 52, 152 terabytes in total. So there's three separate banks of six copies each. So six copies of the podcast up here, six in the fireproof, six in the fire water EMP proof. Um, six, six, six. But um, kidding. Love you, God. Shout out, big man. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I'm happy with it. I'm trying to push that. I talked about it with Roger the other day, how uh, I can, I can, I can get lulled into this, um, into a, a comfortable habit of just having guests on again that I've already had. Those are very easy. They're easy to set up. They're not formal. It's, you know, it's a quick, what's up, man? You want to do a pot? Yeah, sure. Thursday 1, 2 p.m. Got it. Good. You can clear out, you can add 10 days of scheduling like that. And that's great and all. But one, the conversations are don't get as rich. I have Roger and Dale on every week. And we manage to keep the the marriage young. Um, it's, but other than those, it's, those are, well, Dale's, Dale's a limitless well of stories. I mean, he is a living James Bond and Roger and I, I th- we, Roger and I just kind of click. We can just kind of bounce shit off of each other. I think we're both, uh, it just sounds like a circle jerk. I think we're both open-minded, although Roger's very liberal and I'm very conservative. I think we're both open-minded and we at least enjoy, at the very least, the mental exercise of, of playing of playing the game of tolerance and, and, uh, and subtle chess with ideas. But with, with, I mean, it's, it's just all love at the core of it. It's just all love. Roger's a great guy. I fucking love him. Shout out, Roger. But I'm definitely trying to push the boundaries more with guests. Um, I have found an existing law that is there. So there are several laws. Um, one I call Tommy's law and it is, uh, just cause I'm a douchebag. I don't know what else to call it. The harder, the harder it is to find an email, the easier it is to get them on and vice versa. The easier it is to find their email address, the harder it is to get them on the podcast. Case in point, you could go to, I'm sure you go to like the, I think it's WSB Washington speakers bureau. You can, you, the listener right now could within the next 60 seconds, send a request that would get forwarded to the office of former President Barack Obama, George W. Bush, Donald J. Trump, uh, William Clinton, yeah, Jimmy Carter, I guess. Like you can do that. You can, Mattis, General James Mattis, Leon Panetta, Robert Gates, uh, Henry Kissinger, and I, I know this because I've tried with all of these people, 
and it's failed. Vladimir Putin never got back to me. Poot! Shout out. But, um, yeah. Um, it's difficult to... I tried to get Guy... Guy Buford? Buford? Uh, he was... I believe he was the first black astronaut and if he wasn't the first black astronaut he was the first black astronaut to also double as a embedded nro officer on a space shuttle which is badass but i can't get a hold of him um but those are all easy emails to get (laughs) they're they're easy i tried uh who did i try yeah i think yesterday or two days ago for whatever fucking i don't even watch baseball I barely watch anything, let alone baseball. And on the treadmill, I don't know why, but I sent an email to Barry Bonds because he did break the home run record on my birthday, August 7th. And I don't know why I sent an email to him. But you know what? Found his email within like 20 seconds. Barry Bonds, contact information, go to his website. Pro tip, you just go to their website, you find contact info or FAQs, or contact us, or whatever. If you can find multiple different departments, maybe you'd have PR, you'd have uh, customer service, you'd have uh, investment, you'd have check the status of your order, um, complaints. What you can do is you can find all of these different areas, which are often have different secretaries. And then what you can do is you can copy and paste a message to the individual you like to speak for, and you can hit them all and it's not so much that you throw them all in hopes that one will trickle through i don't think that's how it works although it might i mean ultimately it doesn't matter it's the same effect you you put in five and sometimes you can get one back i don't think it's that you're throwing five and you hope one lands so much as you get five and this is all in my this is all speculation because clearly i'm not at these fucking companies i don't know what i think happens is is maybe maybe they each get forwarded because it's kind of like oh this isn't for my department they kind of each get forwarded to the higher ups and what i try to do is i try to go in the repetition so i'm sure that you get all emails all the time where it's like spam spam not interested my logic is is like if someone higher up in the chain gets four emails from four different departments that are like, hey, Bob, my name's Tommy Kerrigan. I'd love to have you on my... I hope it kind of filters through. And the reason is, is that I know it's worked that way before. I don't want to say with who, because I don't want other people to end up going and harassing them. But with like authors, with people from different industries, that's how I've gotten them. Actually, one of the more prominent guests I've had is, is from that. Um, but the harder it is to find their email the easier it is to get them on it's because if you can get direct if you can get correspondence with them directly um sometimes you can't even find their email but like their secretary will forward it to them and then you'll get an email from like an account and it'll be like hey i think you're interested in me and that's got them sometimes they politely say no i can only imagine sometimes they look at the podcast and then say no which is fine. I mean, you're free to not come on the podcast if you don't want. It's, um, I mean, you're breaking my heart and you're destroying my dreams and, you know, all that, but you don't have to come on. Um, which has a, is my tooth chipped?
What is that? I don't think it is. Is my fucking tooth chipped? Sorry for this interruption, everybody. It feels... Like it's... My God. I think it's chipped. Huh. Hmm. I don't know how in the world I would have done that. This is kind of a little rough. Hmm. try to keep doing the podcast without focusing on that it's got that weird kind of exposed feeling not, not that it hurts not that it has nerves huh hmm well that was a minute of interesting uh sidelining but now i gotta really focus on not focusing on it hmm so I've been trying to reach out to Monkeycast now, um, forcing myself to, and it's not forcing that I don't want to have them on or something. I do want to have them on. That's why I'm fucking reaching out to them. But I mean, who? who I I love the feeling of working out. I after working out, I love that feeling of sweaty and you're up and you're kind of oxygenated. Um, I love the feeling after a cold shower. I love the feeling after a meditation. None of these are things I really like doing, though. I don't like going out and trying to find a guest. But I do I do thoroughly enjoy getting someone on. I do like that little dopamine hit of getting a response of, you know, great to hear from you, thank you for the kind words. Sure, I'd love to do it. Or why don't you tell me more about yourself? Or, you know, or some of them say, and this has worked before, where they'll be like, why don't you email me in six months? And so I just put it in my calendar right then and there. I'll go and look in six months from that day. And I'll email them six months to the day. A lot of them will say yes after that. Just, I think, more out of like a, huh, you did it. Or they're probably like, oh, this guy's determined and uh, I don't need him showing up to my house dressed in black like a psychopath. Hey, you said you were going to do my podcast. Dear Stan, I haven't heard from you. It's your man. This is Stan. Please don't call me wondering why you didn't come on my podcast. I don't want to get a gun and have to go blast, blast. In your picture on my wall. Why didn't you subscribe and press share to all? Dear Slim, I got your fucking hoodie. You said it was the best merch in the game. I don't mind being lied to, but dog, this is lame. You said these pharaohs and these capita snowboard... <laughs> That's why I'm uh, doing podcasting and not uh, 8 Mile Raps. Um, but, yeah, so I've been reaching out to different guests. Another law I have found is, and I hate that it's true... You cannot jinx it. 
if you think you have a guest coming on, you can't say that they're coming on because it won't work. I found that again and again and again. It doesn't matter how high profile they are. And I learned that in the first like 100 episodes. I learned to stop saying, I got this person because then they never show up. And it's not that they saw it and then they're like, well, I'm not going to come on now. It's There's just some law that they don't come on. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it in any like non-metaphysical terms. But the first time I finally learned to obey the law was episode 95 with Michael J. Durant from 160th Soar, the Black Hawk Down pilot. I got a confirmation from him and I kept it to myself for like two weeks. And I did the episode still without telling anyone and I finished recording and I walked downstairs and I was wearing a polo and my mom's like you look nice who'd you just have on and I was like Mike Durant and my dad was like what and I was like yo and then we drank some Henny that, that's not true we didn't we didn't do that it was a uh, it was in the morning but um I learned to shut my mouth again with uh Brigadier General Robert Spaulding um yeah I've learned to just stay quiet and because I have had on, I've had other guests ready to come on that were going to come on. They said yes. We throwed some tentative dates around. And then I get all cocky. I'll tell my investor. I'll tell my parents. I'll tell kind of those closest to the podcast. And the fucking muse, the muse sees it. The muse sees it. And she's like, nah, bitch. Like Tinkerbell. And she's just like, shut up, classy. Oh, hell no. Oh, I'm sorry, Cleffy. I didn't mean to hit you. Oh, hell no. I'm going to break your dick off, you little retard. Classy, no, please. To the Classy Mobile. Shut up, Classy. What the fuck? I'm sorry, Cleffy. I'm going to break your dick off. You Down Syndrome retard. Gotta love South Park. Um, I've tried... I have tried to get Trey Parker and Matt Stone on. No response. But, um... Is it me or is this camera moving more? Is it shifting more? Tooth is still there. I have no idea. 30, 41, about a minute and a half. <sighs> so it is chipped. There's a little piece missing. I don't drink. <laughs> of course that's I don't drink it well because I I got pissed drunk at a, uh, our, our party Purple Haze in uh, April 2010 um, at Pi Kappa Phi Beta Ta Chapter Feldos Estate they're kicked off campus now I think I don't know what reasons but I I, I, I passed out while standing peeing on the side of the house and I face planted on the brick wall eh you can kind of see it. Um, uh, you can kind of see a little. But this is different. There's just like a little, I mean, tiny, tiny, just kind of like divot taken out of the front, not even the bottom line. It, and I don't know what, I did bite into a Hot Pocket last night and I did feel something crunch, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like my tooth. It felt like, you know, sometimes it'd be, like maybe like a soup or something that you don't expect. There might be like a, like a black pepper and you hit something solid, you know, or like a piece of a bone from like chicken. 
I kept feeling that last night as I was biting down. I was like, what the fuck is that? Um, and I finally got it and I thought it was just a piece of the hot pocket and I threw it. But I mean, it, it, even no, that couldn't have been it. Cause I mean, that was tiny, but this is like super tiny, man. This is just a riveting podcast. I mean, if this isn't the content you subscribe for, I don't know what is. Um, I do need to finish the paneling over there because there's this whole blank spot of where my voice is probably traveling and I should probably, I should probably put some up there. Uh, I don't want to because that was so difficult to put up the first time, but I probably should if I really want to. Yeah, I know. I need to get that door, that door. I need to do three down there. Sorry, I'm just thinking aloud. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. I don't want to, though. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. But it's because I don't always talk directly into it like this. I like to kind of lean back, and there's this whole exposed wall, and there's really no point in doing this wall, this wall, this wall, and the ceiling if you're not going to do the fourth, right? It's, I mean, it's it's like the, right, it's like the explosive lensing on the, uh, on Trinity test, right? If, if it, it, sure you can have a bunch of explosives go off and maybe it i mean you get like a cool bang but the difference between synchronized explosions what is it, it's like 60 or 125 capacitors or capacitor discharges into shaped charges which is crazy one of the the guys that made the designs for the original bomb the gadget they actually said he was more of a sculptor he was sort of making these like artistic explosive pieces which is crazy that you bring in there is a weird intersection of artists with uh, with nuclear war. I don't know who it was, but the guy who made the designs for the explosive uh, charges around Trinity, um, the guy involved in make or one of the guys involved in making Ivy Mike, that was that Ivy Mike, yeah, Ivy Mike, the first H bomb. Um, they they put a gold leafing inside of it as a reflector. Um, and they, they got a sign painter who came in and actually did it. And I mean, he was of up compartmentalized special access program sworn to secrecy at risk of like, you know, 50 years of hard labor, but he came on and they had him, they had this artist come in and make the inside of it a smooth gold service. No bubbles, no wrinkles, no nothing. They said it was perfect. Um, a guy that they brought in to help dig out, shot, not dig out, but once they got to the center of Cheyenne mountain and they realized that the, the core was rotten, which I never knew was a thing. I didn't know rock could be rotten, but, uh, apparently it had the soul of the Grinch and they went in and they found that they had to put up all these like weird kind of like pilings into the walls and shit and with all these weird nets and, but they brought in a guy named Dr. Livingston, not Dr. Livingston. I presume this was more of like a Dr. Strangelove. Dr. Livingston, but he was a, they called him half, they called him, said he was halfway between, uh, a sculptor and like, a like a blaster. I don't know what the correct term is, like a, like a quarry miner. And he came in and it was much more, he did all these precise kind of, ironically enough, kind of in, in an ironic, in an ironic, contradictory foreshadowing manner he came in and showed that it was precision, not overall force that was needed while building NORAD, which itself was protecting against overall force as opposed to the precision laser guided weapons that they'd use 50 years later. It's kind of a weird, like what's, uh, what Terrence McKenna would call psychedelic temporal backwash where 
in the days leading up to a big psychedelic trip, you'll actually start to have kind of like mini revelations like you would on psychedelics. And it's like the psychedelic experience is so strong. I think he explained it like uh, if you looked at it on a calendar and it was like Friday is a day you have a big trip or something. It's almost like it kind of like leaks backwards into like Thursday and Wednesday because the trip is so powerful, which is, I mean, his whole thing, time wave zero, the I Ching. But, um, yeah, I don't know where the fuck we're going with this. Shut up, Mimsy. Getting guests. Um, I do like getting author guests. I do. But I fear, and I'm having this realization right now, I fear that maybe those are just another form of the contentness. And why does this camera keep focusing in and out? I mean, come on. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, this is freaking wacko. It's, uh, it's these cameras. These cameras, they just never focus. You know, when I was a child, my cameras always focused. Father would always say, focus or you're a locust. And I always remembered that. Kevin! Why is my... David, David, why is my mother going to Atlanta? Checkmate. Life finds a way. That was like three different movies. You know, this podcast, you know, I've often said it doubles as um, as free promotion for my merch. It actually triples as therapy and it actually quadruples as... Uh, just a solid case for my eventual insanity plea deal decades down the road. Um, but, uh, yeah, so finding new guests. I do like authors though, because you, I like getting a, I like getting a guest with an audio book. I think maybe that is perhaps it is, um, it is a, a mirroring of what I loved about college courses. Um, I always hated the like the literature, even though I've always been told I'm good at writing. I can write good. Is I loved, loved, loved physics, organic chemistry, molecular biology, because there was no wiggle room. You weren't. It's not that this is kind of what Shakespeare meant and it's up for interpretation. It's no, uh, an object in a defined atmosphere on a ballistic trajectory will hit this point. It's what it is. This answer in calculus will be this organic chemistry. This will happen when this, triple bond is attacked by uh, an oxidative SN2 reaction plus heat plus platinum. Like that, this is what will happen. This is what will happen if you, if you were to in- inhibit the releasing of adrenocorticoids, there's a, there's a, there's a certain cold science to it that is so uh, satisfying because the limiting reagent in this reaction of you understanding material is your own willingness to put in the time to learn it. If you want to put in 12 hours a day, you can perfect score an OCHEM test. The science is there. It's no one's, you know, the sunshine is there. 
if you don't get any, that's that's on you. You didn't go outside. Yeah, I get it. You have a fucking job. Shut up. There is something, and even with, um, you know, even studying for the MCAT, I started studying for the MCAT uh, in October 2012, and I took it on May 30th, 2013. Um, I'd say the first three to four months was just amassing a study. So for like OCHEM, let's say you had a month between each test, the first like week would be creating a study guide. I'd make PowerPoint flashcards where it'd be a, you know, a bunch of blank equations and you press the button and they all appear and memorize them all, obviously. That would take like seven days to go through all the chapters. And you were never really absorbing it, but you could tell like, this is what I need to know. This is what I need to know, blah, 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 blah. And then you'd spend the next three weeks going through it. And then that itself was kind of a a hockey stick curve of your understanding and accuracy and practice tests. The MCAT was just that extrapolated. Took like three to four months to make a... Well, that's not really extrapolated. That's like half. Maybe it was less. It was nine months of study. Nine months total of prep. About three months of making a study guide. Pretty close. And then same thing. Hockey stick understanding. With a guest who has an audiobook, I can just listen to it again and again and again and just really soak up the meta. What are the big pictures here that aren't necessarily explicitly written? And it's comfortable. I have a task. I have a book. Listen to the book. Did you finish the book? Start the book again go through it and you can speed it up the more times you listen through it because maybe you don't need to hear every syllable and every preposition like shit like that like 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 sentence structure like that i don't fuck that i don't give a shit because that's even that's subjective it's well no technically that's a preposition and this is an adverb well well we made up language we can just by default just say no that's not i can just say that i'm no longer a noun i can just say tommy's verb but just fuck you because it's made up it's not real it's not it's not a gravitational constant it's not dropping something down it's not difference in air it's not light bouncing off it's not a percentage of probable outcomes with with organic chemistry or a mixture of chirality and stereoscopically whatever fucking the point is is you can listen to a book again and again and you can understand it you can get what you need out of it And there is comfort in that. Um, I feel a little weird when I don't have a, 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 a guest coming up with a book. I feel a little naked. Because as soon as I wake up, I turn on my audiobook. I, I wake up, turn on my audiobook. I get dressed for the gym. I make my bed. I um, grab my keys, water bottle, AirPods, and I walk to the gym listening to it the whole time, listen to it while I'm on the treadmill. And a new thing I've started in the last two weeks is I used to be able to listen to it just on the treadmill, but once I was lifting weights, I'd have to listen to music. Now I listen to it while I'm working out as well. And um, I like it. I like it. Um, I listen to it when I walk back. I listen to it when I take my shower. I listen to it when I have breakfast. Turn it off for meditation. Um, and then I do a podcast and I listen to it after the podcast while I put out workout clothes for tomorrow, put out clean clothes for tomorrow, put out meds for tomorrow, laundry, dishes, if I have any, 
Uh, obviously edit the podcast, process the podcast, compress it, upload it, offload it onto hard drives, play some video games, and then like the last three hours of the night, I'll turn off the audiobook and I'll turn up the audio on the video games and just kind of get lost in stupid explosions. Or recently I've been listening to the Tim Dillon archives on Patreon with Ray Kump. It's Ray Kump. Raymond, listen to me. Ace Combat 7 is a great game. The F-22 Raptors are paralleled in its air-to-air capabilities. I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's beyond anything you want to understand. Um, but I like having that on because I'm always doing something in the background. I'm not wasting time, you know. Um, I like getting something out of it. And... Even with audiobooks, even with audiobooks, you can find contentness. There's a handful of books that, to me, are like my friends. I've listened to them so many times that I've grown close to them. When I put them on, they remind me of different times in my life over the last couple of years. Um, Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect isn't an audiobook. Roger. But it will be eventually. Um, Raven Rock by Garrett Graff. I mean, that book is just, it's a comfortable book. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like putting a, your iPod on shuffle. Ooh, that's a little, you know, getting rescue there versus a, a solid playlist that you know it's coming, right? You can't be, you can't be searching for the right song while you're working out. You got to keep the momentum going. You got to have a preset playlist, right? Got to have a game plan. A book you've listened to before, you can grow familiar with it, you grow content, and you grow comfortable with it. Raven Rock by Gary Graff. Blitzed by Norman Oler. Um, some new ones in my sort of comfort zone are uh, Base Nation by David Vine and The Generals Have No Clothes by William Arkin. But it takes a while for them to kind of get into the my inner circle of trust. But my inner circle of trust is Raven Rock by Gary Graff, Blitzed by Norman Oler, um, Operation Paperclip, and Area 51, two separate books by Annie Jacobson. Less so uh, DARPA, Phenomena, and Surprise Kill Vanish. And oh, her other, her newest book, First Platoon, very good. Um, Operation Paperclip and Area 51, those are some close books to my heart. They have a special spot. Um... The Alchemist by Paulo Silo, whatever the fuck you say it. That one's close. Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. That one's close. I haven't listened to that one as much lately. Um, there's a five-part, ten, five, ten-minute part document. Well, it's just chopped up and chopped up into five pieces because of commercial breaks about Project Pluto. Um, that one's uh, that one's close to me. Um. Uh, the second Alex Jones, Joe Rogan, Eddie Bravo episode, uh, that one's, that one, I've, I've grown familiar with that one. Uh, that one's kind of my friend. Um, what are some other, there was this discussion by Mike Barra, B-A-R-A, about aliens and Operation High Jump and the Vril Society and Secret Space Program. But it got taken off YouTube. I used to love watching that one. But that one was my friend for like two years. Uh, a classic is um, Walter Bosley. Both of his appearances on Greg Carlwood's uh, The Higher Side Chats. 
Walter Bosley about NIMZA, N-Y-M-Z-A, all about airships in the 1800s and time travel. It kind of gets into the whole, the whole, uh, the Trump lore, you know, about like time travel. That one's comfortable. That one's a friend. Um, trying to think of some others. Um, those are books that are, they're my friends. I'm close to them. They don't surprise me. I know what they're bringing. They're very consistent. Um, but so even today, so so this is this is a breaking of Tommy's law. I can tell you that I'm having Norman Oler back on, the author of Blitzed and the author of Bo- the Bohemians. But I've already had him on, so there's no there's no room to be jinxed. It, if it doesn't come back on, that'd be like Dale not coming back on. I'd be like, oh, something came up. I am having him back on. I think next Friday. Author of Blitzed. Oh, uh, Ghost by Jefferson Morley. That one's in the, that one's in, it's a close guy. It's right up there in my heart. Um, Presidents and UFOs by Larry Holcomb. Um, Unacknowledged by Stephen Greer. Those are some ones that are all right up in there. I love them. Um, How to Stop Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. That one, that one's close, but some Ram Dass lectures. Uh, you no, you don't give a fuck. Why am I rattling off about this? Those ones are close to me. Um, but Norman Oler's coming back on, so I re-listened to Blitzed, and man, it's great. It's great. I love listening to it, and I listened to it over the last two days again. It's just I fucking love it. But you have to, you have to separate. Is it that you love it, or is it sorry? Is it that you're interested and you're learning more from it, or is it that you're comfortable with it? You know, when I was, I've got a splitting headache. Probably my t- tooth chipped. Probably my chipped tooth. My chipped tooth. My chippity chippity tooth. Chippity chippity tooth tits. Um. air conditioner on fuck yeah it is hell yeah life is good Norman Oler blitzed um studying for the MCAT yeah setting up the study guide I would uh I memorized like 400 physics equations and I did 10 a day I memorized 10 once I could do 10 upside down and backwards the next day I would do 10 more and once I got those 10 upside down and backwards, I would then repeat the 10 from the day before. And I would get, then I would go through and I could write 20, 30, 40. And I did this for, I want to say it was 40 or 60 days. It came out to something, I think it was, I, I honestly think it was something more than four. I don't think it was more than 600 though. Somewhere in the 500 equations that I memorized. And it got to a point where, you know, I could rattle off like 10 just very quickly you know, like, well, just PV equals NRT, right? Just be the simple uh, uh, force equal forces mass divided by, right? Forces mass divided. No, forces mass times acceleration. Uh, so it's clearly, oh, yeah, no, I can memorize all these equations. Oh, one plus one's two. I mean, I was a smart guy. 
but they get more complex and all the weird aerodynamics and then water principles and buoyancy and uh, elastic and non-elastic collisions. And I memorized all of those and those were comfortable because by the end of the memorization, it'd take me about 90 minutes to go through all of them. And that's how I'd start my study days. And I could see towards the end of my study time for the MCAT that I wasn't exactly learning new information or taking practice tests. I loved just going over this stuff I already knew. Why not? You already know it. It's like speed running a video game versus playing a new one. You already know what to do. And, um, yeah. And finally, I started to push myself more. Like, no, you got to do practice. You know, you, it's like working out. You, if you're not, if it's not hurting. There's no such, no pain, no gain. It's not the way to look at it. That 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 you're you're predisposing yourself to failure. Oh, fuck off. That's what it is. It, when it hurts, you're building muscle. It, it, if it didn't hurt, your body would be fine with it. Your body's not fine with it. Why? Because you're expending calories and you're breaking down myosin. That's what it is. Fuck off. So studying, I got. around like March, April, 2013, I realized I was like, you got to start doing more practice tests. It's not about memorization. You got to see if you actually understand it, not just regurgitate. And I got 35 on the MCAT, which I don't know what the scoring is now. It's all weird. It's, but it used to be at a 45, 45 is perfect score. I think like one person would get a 45 every couple of years. One of whom is the father of one of my closest friends. Ironically enough, it truly is that rare. Like, I don't think someone gets it every year. Um, 35 was in the 95.6 percentile, which is what I had. I think I could have got higher if I had pushed more towards practice tests. And you can tell I still dwell on this. It's been eight years and I'm still like, you know, it, well, let's, let's go over this, right? It's like my dad with Tom Brady. He, he should have nine. He shouldn't have lost those two to the, to the, to the Giants. Those don't count. I'm like, well, dad, he, he, he didn't win them. You can't say those don't count. He, he didn't win them. But they were so close, he should have had them. Well, by that logic, old man, he should have lost five because he also won five very close. You can see where me and he might have butt heads. I love you, old man. But so I find that. So this morning, right, I finished Blitzed and I started it again. And oh, I loved it. I love the narrator. The narrator's got a super deep voice. Vita molten bars, you could all, but cocainum hydrochloricum. But I wasn't pushing the envelope, so I started a new book, and I didn't want to. I never want to start new books because I compare them to other. It's when I hear a new song, I'm like, "Well, this isn't the remix to Ignition, Hot and Fresh Out the Kitchen." And it's, well, no, it's a different song. And then that becomes a song you like. Like when I discovered the video game Hitman, I was like, this isn't Just Cause. There's no grapple. No, there's not. But it's its own game. Enjoy it, you dipshit. And so I did. Now, with new books, I never want to start a new book. Oh, another comfortable book. Sorry to go back. Um, Actually, I'm not sorry. This This is my podcast, Eat a Dick. Is, um... Uh, Dark Sun by Richard Rhodes and uh, Shadow Factory, The Ultra Secret, Post 9-11, NSA. Yeah, by um, by James Bamford. That's another one. Close to my heart. 
Command and Control by Eric Schlosser. That's another one. Ooh, that one. That one's good. That that one's really good. Now, so I have to push the boundaries of what I'm comfortable doing, and that's where growth lies. Growth lies in the pain, right? So, I mean, it's uh, any anyone can you can cultivate a field, a nice, a nice geometric, evenly spaced field. You get in the tractor and do it. I've never far, I've never picked anything but my nose in my life. I don't know why the fuck? And I'm like, you know, when you're out there on a tractor getting a good old harvest and your son's growing up so fast, it's like, I've never fucking, I microwave my food. What the fuck am I talking about? You know, when you're harvesting, I have no idea what I'm, this whole podcast, not this episode. I mean, this, this platform, this, this cybernetic entity of Tommy's pot, it's all just bullshit. It's all horse shit. It don't take any of this worth anything, but do buy the merch. But when you are farming, I would imagine it's probably easy. Did my screen just die? No, it just went to sleep. Don't. Do, hey, MacBook. No, we're doing a show. I'm fucking getting an attitude with me. I'll, <laughs> you think I won't? I'll send you up to Steve. It's a joke about Steve Jobs. He's dead. I would imagine that you probably enjoy farming in a set field. Right, and it's probably spaced evenly. You just kind of got to ride on the give you a ride on a big green tractor. God, felt dust of State University. Jesus Christ. But what probably isn't fun is having to plant new lines, right? It's pushing the boundaries, right? Like this is so. This is this hoodie is a good example. I took an existing design and I put something else over it and I made kind of a twist on it. Very cool, you know. Remix to Ignition's great. The remix to the Remix to Ignition by Phoebe Ryan is even better, right? It's a take on it. Justice Remix by MGMT. Of Electric Eel. Remixes are great. There's a place for remixes. Ah, oh, my throat's sore. Probably from all the hobos I'm sucking off. But sometimes you, you can only eventually make so many remixes of a design before you have to embark on something new. And there is a third remix to this hoodie called Enlightenment. This one's called Breakthrough because this is what I kind of felt like when I was meditating and I would feel like I was pushing through the veil was it feels like your eye is just glowing and then enlightenment is a third version of this hoodie where it's just like the whole thing is just kind of like it's like layered over itself but offset by like and like a half an inch and me when i would get into that so the original one it just kind of i called it gaudy but to me it was just kind of like oh it kind of looked like how i felt when i'd get into a good meditation this is level two meditation where it feels like oh, you're reaching the center and it's like God is with me. Everything's going to be okay. Love will win in the end. Love always has won. Love has never been losing. The third hoodie is when you'd really get into it, your eyes would start to like flutter because you almost, it's like kind of like walking away from a, it's like, getting a controller on a video game and like 
leaning the controller on a pillow so the plane keeps flying and run to the bathroom and come back. The third one is kind of like when I've reached these really deep levels of meditation, which I haven't, I haven't experienced this since like 2012. It's a, it's a fucking muse, dude. It, it, it eludes you. I thought the microphone was off. It's like, God damn it. Um, it'd feel like you were kind of walking away, like putting it on autopilot. When you get really into deep into meditation, you didn't even have to think about keeping your eyes closed or meditating or sitting up straight. You could, you, it's almost like you just kind of like hit autopilot and then like walked away from your body. It's the weirdest fucking thing in the world, but your eye would just, there'd be a brief moment in between like autopilot and manual where you were kind of like putting your like eyelids away. You're kind of like putting them down. You're like, all right, stay, stay where they kind of like shimmer wildly. And then they'd, then they'd stay closed as you like walked away from them. And that's what the third hoodie is. Point is, is you can always take, it's comfortable to take different takes on something you've already done well. Um, but it, uh, another example, Grand Theft Auto, right? Grand Theft Auto Five, great game. Remastered, remastered it for the Xbox One. Put in first person. They redid a lot of the. Uh, they redid a lot of the graphics. Made it. Um, they added things like uh, the tracers for the uh, buzzard attack chopper. Um, the first person view for all the cars. I mean, really, in some great. I mean, really, like the the P nine nine six laser. Right, you get the the hood. But now they're remaking it again for Xbox Series X. And now it's like, oh, all right, dude, you know, all right. It's a one-trick pony, and it's like, okay, you got to make a new game now. And so I am pushing the boundaries to what I would like to do. Um, I have had on guests twice for the same book. I've only done that once. And that was with Jefferson Morley on the ghost. And I I pointed out early. I'm like, you know, why am I double dipping? I am double dipping again next Friday with Norman Oler to talk about blitzed again. That's a middle ground, right? These individuals aren't people that I'm like good friends with. Not that I wouldn't like to be, not that I don't think they're cool guys, but I mean like they're not, we don't text and send memes to each other, you know, but I have talked to them before. So having them back on, there's another level above that where it's, it's still less, it's still less of a repetition, but still kind of is when you find an author and Hey, I'd love to have you back. Like I had on Ben Westoff for fentanyl Inc. But then we came back and we did original gangsters, Jefferson Morley for ghost. And then we came back and did, uh, uh, our man in Mexico, Norman or blitzed the Bohemians. Um, Mike Vecchione, friends of the family, crooked Brooklyn, hand to the killer and, uh, murder on the bridge. Um, they have different. So a guy I'm having on Will Arkin again, the author of generals have no clothes. We're going to go over his book unmanned about surveillance. Um, I'd love to have David Vine back on to go over his new book, The United States of War. Um, And those are good new books, but you're still not pushing the boundaries. So I've been emailing a lot of guests the last couple days. And even one of the guys I've had on this podcast, Brandon, uh, he, uh, 
he's he's I I make he's my accountability buddy like Butters and Cartman. No, Cartman, we gotta go. No, Butters. I have to send him every day a screenshot of a guest I emailed, or I owe him a free hoodie. And these are $60 hoodies. So, we're only three days in, but I think I can maintain it. Um, so, I'm trying to push the boundaries more with guests I haven't had on. You gotta find them. You gotta find their Twitter. Do they have an Instagram? Where can you kind of wiggle in there? But, um... Yeah, so, but then even that, right? So I'm defining that as pushing the boundaries, right? Finding a new author for a new book that I have never talked to before and a book I have not read before. Devil's Advocate, is that really pushing the boundaries or is that not an extrapolation of what I still find comfort in? A book to listen to, a task to complete, a set of details to memorize and learn and find the meta and you have the guest or you have the author on to me that's another level of familiarization and am i going to pigeonhole myself into a guy that just has on audible book audible authors so i've been reaching out to other guests who haven't written books You know, another cop-out is... Not a cop-out, because you can find... Actually, I found a lot of my cool guests through networking. Um, I had on... I found Bruce Sackman through a Reddit AMA thread. He was guest number, like, 18. Bruce put me in touch with Vecchione. Vecchione put me in touch with, I believe, Joaquin Garcia, who put me in touch with Bill Albrot, who put me in touch with Ken Moffat, who put me in touch with Dean Fate. Uh, JP Variano put me in touch with Nick Phelps, who put me in touch with Tyler Mortensen, who put me in touch with uh, Dan Libby, who put me in touch with David Libby, who put me in touch with Greg Henneman, who all of these led up to me getting Brigadier General Robert Spaulding. So it, it, it is important to kind of degrees of separation. But even that, even that's a cop-out, you're still slithering around on these pre, these pre-beaten paths. You got to go out with the chainsaw and just make a new path. You got to walk all over it and the stumps aren't even and you get caught on roots and you're cutting your feet and chipping your tooth. (sighs) But that's how you plow the new path, right? I just had a fucking meta realization. That's what this podcast is. It was comfortable to get into medical school because although difficult, it was a set path, a set series of tasks. I just had to complete better than a percentage of other people. Same with pharmacy school. Graphic design had to get kind of wackier designs. But even that, I still didn't do the alchemy. The alchemy of where does it turn into a dollar that goes into your bank account with a routing number and it's a US dollar backed by FDIC and you can invest it and you can go buy water and gasoline with it. Where does it turn from the the immaterial, the ethereal, pre-transubstantiated idea to where can you fill out... I don't need to hold my bottle in front of there. I don't need people taking my prescription. Where do you get a prescription? Where, when can you buy a, a charger? When can you get a hard drive? When can you buy a microphone? When can you get sound panels? When can you get an apartment where you can put your shit and it is your, it is your kingdom? 
Why can't you go out on Saturday nights and buy Ben and Jerry's because that's your cheat day, you fat fuck? And that was making the podcast, and that was fucking uncomfortable. That was really uncomfortable. But I pushed it. It was uncomfortable finding an investor. I was terrified. And I, I didn't, at first I didn't want to do it because I was like, no, I want 100% of it. But then I realized 100% of zero dollars is zero. 51% of, gotcha, I'm not telling you how much I make. 51% of something is, it's enough to live on. It's not special, but it's, it, it'll do, pig. It'll do. I went on Don the Pleb's show two nights ago. That was, I mean, that's not my podcast. It's very weird to do someone else's show. But I felt that was good. It was a good exercise to be on someone else's show. When you go to the gym and you're like, I've never used that machine before. Why does this camera keep on focusing? Camera, talk to me, dude. Don't talk to me because that would be early onset schizophrenia. Continually pushing the boundaries of what is comfortable. Every time I've pushed the boundaries, it's always resulted in something great. When I finally nutted up and decided to do psychedelic mushrooms, which I do not recommend if you are... You know what I don't recommend? I don't not recommend they're for you to decide. I'm not a doctor. Disregard that. Do whatever the fuck you want. You're an adult. You can figure it out. When I finally did them, it opened up a whole new portal into a new area of life. That was the day I decided I didn't want to go to medical school. And that was the day I decided that I wanted to make money doing what I like. I didn't know what it was, but I was sitting there in the field with my buddy, the golden fields, pupils the size of dinner plates, just watching the trees breathe and watching the sun just wash the earth in a bubble bath of sunlight and warmth and crisp December Georgia air. It's just, I look at it and the entire memory is just, it just glitters like this, like this hoodie, which is available for $60. It's machine washable. Asking out a girl, deciding I didn't want to go to medical school, getting in a pharmacy school, and then deciding not to do that because I still wasn't happy. Graphic design school, but realizing that's still not where my heart was. Every time I push what I'm comfortable with, I get something good out of it. I've never been more intimidated for an episode than with Brigadier General Robert Spaulding, episode 161. That man stared through my soul. That man was probably looking at the drywall beneath the paint behind the flag behind my head. But I got him to smile, and it was good. Episode 95 with Mike Durant, I was kind of freaking out as well. But 
pushing with pushing what I'm comfortable with. Pushing the boundaries of, of my comfort zone is what I do believe yields reward. Now, sometimes you just can't get the... I'm sure I would be shitting my pants if I talked to Barack Obama. But I can't get him on the podcast. I've tried. What's another lesson I've learned? Another lesson I've learned is there's no big guest that, quote, makes it. I remember when I had when I had on Mike Duran episode ninety five. I remember sitting back in my chair and I was like, "I made it, I'm in the big leagues now. I'm gonna upload this video, and without any explanation in my mind of how it was gonna happen, I'm gonna get a million subscribers, start making money, get a Lambo." That was my level of delusion. That's not actually what I thought, but I thought I was I was gonna explode, and it didn't happen. I thought I was going to episode 50 with Dale Comstock. Didn't happen. thought I was going to episode 13. Didn't happen. Not 18, nor 20. There were a lot of episodes where I thought that was it. 216, Charlie Duke, 211, Robert Manning, head of JPL. But... None of there's no episode that just makes it. You just kind of have to keep chipping away at it, and it's only in the rearview mirror that you can look at how far you've traveled. There's no one footstep when you're climbing up a, and again I've done this maybe twice in my life, but I remember hiking up a. It's probably like a three thousand foot. What would you call it? A hill, not a mountain. It's something in New Hampshire with my cousin, my younger brother, and my girlfriend at the time. This was in 2014. And there was no, it was a goose eye up in New Hampshire, Coast County. There was no moment where you see that, I mean, well, there is a moment where you break through the trees and then the the tree line stops because that's just where it stops growing because I guess oxygen or cold or whatever. But other than that, I mean, there's no point where you are, God, my math is so dry. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> There's no point where where you're walking up the mountain and all of a sudden you're like, well, again, that's not a great analogy because there's the tree line. Okay, well, maybe it's not that it's not a good analogy. Maybe it's that I haven't fully fleshed out this analogy. So let's do this. When you're walking up, let's say without the tree line, when you're walking up, there's no point where you feel like, oh, we're up high now. You just kind of look back, right? It's like if you've ever been up on a mountain or a significantly high point, it's very weird because like you're up high, but you don't kind of get that vertigo feeling like when you're in a skyscraper where it's like this might all come down or you're in a plane where it's like there's nothing beneath me. Mountains are a very peculiar thing because you're up there and mountains are fascinating, actually. It's just land that went up. But it's very odd because you're up there, but it's not, again, it's not like a skyscraper. It's like, oh, this is safe. It has tuned mass dampering. It's fireproof. Don't worry. You can't jump through the windows. But it's like, if you wanted to, you could die. Like, if you want, if your purpose was to die from the skyscraper, you could. Maybe I need to get like a 
like a shelf and I could put some acoustic paneling in it right here that might be the move that's not a bad idea actually get some metal shelving purpose back to the mountain is this weird because if you go up on a mountain you can like you can like run around and like you're granted there's cliffs and shit but that's a that's a big granite a big granite well see what I did there granite New Hampshire but you're like running around and you're still just kind of up there though right But there's no, when you're walking up, there's no moment where it feels like you've broken through. You're just kind of, you just kind of realize at some point that you're there. Right? Early on in college, you would see the older, you'd see the juniors and the seniors, the pre-med guys and the big classes. And you'd be like, man... Those guys know how to handle a workload. And at least that's how my fucking faggoty mind looked at it. As I just looked at them, I'm like, they're the pros. You fucking MacBook screen, don't you dare die on me again. Strike two, busto. Busto. Bucko. Buddy. I do need more shielding. Got the whole open spot for audio seeping out. Maybe if I turn this way more. Motherfucker. Where you're, um, <clears throat> and I was like, man, I was like, man, I can't wait till I'm up in that kind of. It's deep, unfocusing again. What the fuck is wrong with this camera? I always felt like there would be a point where I would be in the big leagues where all of a sudden I would be like, a, oh man, that's a guy that's good at studying. And. There isn't. You just kind of just kind of dawns on you one day that maybe friends you have from like a, an elective course who are also pre-med, but they're freshmen. They come up to you and they're like, "Hey, man, how'd you study for this?" And you're like, "I oh, do this, that, the other thing." And you just kind of you just kind of realize one day that like, "Oh, you are that," right? Like, I imagine there's probably a point in fatherhood where one day you realize you are the the wise adult, and the real trick is to hide your internal terror. And use the facade of fearlessness, much like a good general puts on a face of not being afraid, so his men who are afraid can lean on him, right? Or her, whatever the fuck you want to talk about. Her story. It's not his story, it's her story. Fuck off. It's. So there's no. I was thinking about this like. Because it happens so slowly, you still don't kind of know when you quote unquote make it. You know, at any given point, I can look back at podcasts and be like, man, I've come so far since then. But it doesn't, f- there's no moment where it felt like I all of a sudden made the leap. It's like a year ago. So what's today? It's today, May 6th. Let's, what podcast did we do a year ago today? Let's go in and look at that. May 6th. So we'll go to May 6th of last year. 
May 6th of last year was episode... May 6th of last year, we were at 238 subscribers with a total of 23,155 views. It was episode 93. So two episodes before Mike Durant. So let's go see just what episode that was. Let us go see, let us go see this fucking phone. Okay, so two episodes before Mickey D. Mike Durant, my buddy Marcus Cardona. And it was an early episode with Dale. I did an episode with a guy named Cody, episode 94. He was a dude who operated a tractor at a construction site. I thought it would be interesting. He FaceTimed me while driving. The entire time I was terrified he was going to crash. In episode 91, Scott Schmidt, a guy who welds suppressors for guns. Okay, so that's where I was a year ago. Where am I now? We're going to have to wrap this up. My throat's on fire. Well, a year later, I'm I'm at 436 episodes. I'm at 370,000 views. I'm at 5,000 subscribers. I'm in my own apartment. With sound paneling. A professional microphone. A professional camera. Lighting. Soundproofing. I sell my own merch and the podcast pays for my rent. At no point did it feel like any of that happened, yet here we are. So where are we going to be in a year? Like that seems absurd. Like, that truly seems absurd. Like, I was hoping to break a 1,000 subscribers by April 2021. If I could go back to me a year ago and tell you, tell you, Tommy, just stick fucking with it, dude, and your wildest dreams will come true. I thought I'd get to a 1,000, and I didn't want to, like, get my hopes up, but I also thought there was a chance of, like, maybe I'd be at, like, two. Maybe something good would happen. I truly did not see me having a salary with what I would argue is a professional studio for me at least fuck off beyond truly beyond my wildest dreams I would have said that this was a delusion so where do I think we'll be in a year (sighs) and I have to be careful not to be overly like humble because you can do that. You can say, oh, I think I'll only have 5,100 subscribers. And it's like, well, you knew you were going to get more than that. So where do I actually think it will go? You don't want to set the bar too low because then, of course, you're going to blow past it. I think there's a chance that the YouTube censorship will continue. This is, let's say I don't get banned. I think there's a chance the YouTube censorship will continue. I think at that rate, 
because I don't get subscribers anymore. I don't just get like a new subscriber a day. It only comes from like paid promotions or like shout outs from other channels. They just, they've halted it. My stuff just doesn't get recommended. But let's, let's, okay. Let's say, so truly, I mean, this might sound like I'm lowballing it. I see it maybe being at 6,000 subscribers in a year. That's how my gut feel. And I, I do mean that. You might say, well, that's not at all with like, at the very least, to look at the trend line. I understand that, but the trend line, it, it, it's not taking into it. I can't keep paying for paid promotions and I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to pay any more money this to this. Well, it's not this this company. I guess it's independent advertisers, whatever. I'm not going to do that for a cha- for a company that might eat me at any second. At the rate it's going right now, I'd say maybe we hit 6,000 subscribers. My... Th- if we look at the trend lines, it would I would say, for whatever reason, let's say it follows the trend lines. My gut says 6,000. Trend lines would say probably be at 10,000. Gut says, well, gut says, <laughs> gut says 650,000 views, 6,000 subscribers, 650,000 views. Trend lines would say 10,000 subscribers. 3 million views not that I don't see I'd like to be wrong I'd really like to be wrong I don't see that I think the studio will probably be the same um I'd like for hoodie sales to right now we're at about one a month I would like to maybe get that to one a week I think I think that's realistic. I think one hoodie sale a week by 2022. Okay, complete no bullshit. 75 uh, May 6, 2022. 7500 subscribers, 500,000 views. Uh one hoodie a week. Podcast of the same. I like to be at 190 pounds. Episode number that doesn't really because that, I that that's I that's completely under my control. Yeah, seventy five hundred subscribers, half a million views, hoodie a week. Yeah, would I be happy with that? Not really. Not really at all. I would like to see Spotify. That's. Fuck YouTube. I, that, I think the reason why I want to because I don't care and like it's, it just feels like it's all stacked against you. There's like no point in playing the game when it's stacked against you. Um, Spotify, I'd like to get to... By 2022... So how about fuck YouTube? By 2022, I'd like to get to 100 plays a day on Spotify. I would like to sell... I'd like to be selling one hoodie a week. Maybe two. Um... Hoodie a day would be really badass, but I feel like that's probably 2023. Yeah, 100 plays a day, sell a hoodie a week. 
by May 6, 2022, I was getting 100 plays a day on Spotify and selling one hoodie a week. I would be I would be proud of that. That's something I would be proud of. It's something I think is doable, and I th- it's something I'd be proud of. By May 6, 2023, 1,000 views a, a day on Spotify. I'd like to sell a hoodie a day or a merch item a day, whatever. By May 6, 2020, well, so we just did two, three. By May 6, 2024... 10,000 plays a day on Spotify. Five merch sales a day. Yeah. Yeah. I would like for my growth to be representative of the work I put in. I'm fine with if it doesn't work because my content's shit. I can pivot, I can reinvent myself, and I can go forward. I don't like the idea of like it not working because YouTube says it's politically not what they want. But that doesn't really matter what my opinion is on how I'd like for it to be. This is the hand I'm dealt. Yeah. Well, that's all I got, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Buy merch. Buy. I know it's summer. Buy a hoodie. Fuck you. You know what? That's why. Just tell everyone around you, fuck you. When they ask where you got the hoodie, be like, yo, I got it from this podcast. They're going to be like, why'd you get a hoodie? And they're going to watch the podcast and they're going to be like, I understand why you got a hoodie now. All right, guys, much love. Stay safe. Be grateful for what you have. We are alive right now in a beautiful fucking world. You have at least one loved one. That's awesome. Tell them you love them. This Sunday is Mother's Day, everybody. Put it on your calendar right now. Don't say, oh, whoops, I forgot. Right now, just text yourself right now. Sunday, Mother's Day. Just text yourself, all caps. Just do it right now. You're welcome. Go see your mothers. You motherfuckers.